All right, I'm here with Dave Wilkie. This is a man that has been requested over and over again to be on this podcast. He has a great story. He was an Army Ranger. He is uh, in the FDNY. He's just done so many things, and I think we're just, we just got to kick it off. I want to jump right into the sickest story that he told us. So David come to talk to our high school football team as a, as a motivational speaker. He's telling them this story of how he is an Army Ranger, and what's getting him to survive through this incredible situation, I'm going to let him tell, is his high school football offensive line coach's voice going through his head. So, Dave, welcome hey. to the show. <laughs> welcome to the show. Can you tell us this story? What was going on? How's it going, Coach? Uh, first of all, appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, absolutely, jump right into that one. Um, you know, I did four tours in Afghanistan with uh, 1st Ranger Battalion, and on my first tour – was to a place called Fob Salerno, and we operated sometimes out of what's known as the the KG Pass, the Coast Gardez Pass, and it's just a big mountain and a uh, big uh, ridge line, and you know the elevation they say it goes up to 9,400 feet. So anyone that knows about training and elevation, that's that's pretty high, and uh, so it was my first tour there. Um, and it, it, we were just moving and, you know, we, we move a lot at night, a lot of almost everything we do is at night. So, you know, I'm a brand new Ranger private, my first deployment and, you know, you're hearing others oh, sitting in an ambush or, you know, we got people maneuvering this and that. And we, and we had to pick, you know, we always move at a big pace, but we really had to pick up the pace and basically get up this mountain and it was one of the most physically demanding things and I've done a lot in my life and maybe it was because I was new and I wasn't used to the elevation or whatever it was at that moment it was one of the hardest things I've ever done and uh you know just to keep my feet moving I remember I, I just if if anyone knows Coach Hench, you know, he taught me everything to be everything it is to be an O lineman, you know. Um, much respect. And he used to just preach, you know, short choppy steps, get low, drive him out. And I'm I don't know what to think. I'm not thinking anything. I'm just in this moment of just gotta go, gotta go, gotta go and all of a sudden I hear Coach Tom Hench going, Drive him out, drive him out, keep the feet moving, short choppy steps and I'm like, All right. Just keep the feet moving. Just go, just go, just go. And, uh, you know, eventually we did what we had to do, and we got out of that. But, uh, you know, hearing his voice was, was funny. It was – I remember I came home and I told him, you know, when I got home from that deployment. And uh, I don't think he knew how to react, really, because that's kind of an odd one. But, uh, yes, that was uh, – that stayed with me. Is not He's not a mushy guy by any no. stretch of the imagination. And <laughs> no, you no. In, you told that story to us, and I just I remember we were all sitting on the edge of our seats, grown men getting emotional. So, yeah. and you you think because you think as a coach, you know what impact did I really have on this kid's life? Did he listen yes. to anything I ever said? And then you're telling us the most dire circumstances, and now this guy's voice is in your head. Yes, and, and absolutely. I guess essentially keeping you alive. Absolutely. You know, it was the, when you didn't, I didn't know where to turn or what to do. And all of a sudden I hear his voice. It's uh, it's like a surreal moment, you know. Now, did you play for Coach Hench in the, on the FDNY football team? Was he your coach there too? I, I No. Unfortunately, 
he was on the fence about coming and, you know, I'm not saying I got him there, but, you know, I say, coach, you know, I'm here. It's a great team, bunch of great guys. Because uh, the head coach had reached out to me, possibly, you know, if I could talk to him. From what I remember, I might be, you know, maybe I just did that on my own. But I really wanted him to come because I played two seasons with them, and it was a blast. But uh, he said, okay, I'll be there. And then, you know, I found out a few things. You know, I just had my first daughter. I have three now. Um, I was looking to start college. Um, I have a few bulging discs in my neck that aren't terribly bad right now, but I was told that by a physical therapist that I, I know and trust, um, you know, if you just keep getting hit, hit in the head, it's going to just keep getting worse over time. And, you know, I already have a physically demanding job, so I kind of knew it was my time to, to stop. So his first season I ha- was my first season not playing, so unfortunately. So I, I want to take – some of this back to high school football and yes. the Rangers. So, okay. first, first off, what made you come back to talk to that high school football team? Well, and you I know, appreciate you doing it. Oh, absolutely. You know, I always, I believe in if you have something, you know, anything of value to share it. So, you know, you you had reached out to me potentially to coach. I I again commitments, kids, school, everything, um, work. I wasn't able to make that work at, at the moment, but I believe you presented me with the opportunity to speak to them. And I, and I absolutely, I couldn't wait because, you know, like potentially there's a kid there that has no direction or might not know. And, you know, maybe I could say something that'll stick with him or, get him to keep moving forward when it's easy to just say, uh, maybe football's not for me, you know? And let's go back to you yourself. What, what made you become an army ranger? Oh man. Um, you know, I, 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 I was obsessed from, from when I can remember, you know, I was always a soldier for Halloween. I, I just was absolutely obsessed. Um, my father, um, was a ranger in Vietnam and, you know, I kind of idolized that and, you know, to his credit, he, you know, he was flattered, but he never really pushed me to it. He didn't say, you know, you have to be a ranger. You have to do this. You have to do that. Um, I just, it's just what I always wanted to do. And, you know, I got out of high school. I, I was working concrete actually with Mr. Lorella who, you know, has been a great guiding force in my life. And uh, I almost didn't do it. And then I just, you know, there was just a multitude of reasons. I wanted to serve my country. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be like my dad. I wanted to, you know, I just felt like I needed to be there. And I didn't feel like I had much direction anymore. And that's no one's fault but my own. I was a crazy kid. So I said, I think this is the best shot I got. I need to go do this. And I did it. And it's one of the best decisions I ever made in my life because, well, many reasons that we could get into. (laughs) So can you explain what is an Army Ranger? Where does that fall in the ranks of the military? Sure. Um, so, So there's the 75th Ranger Regiment. Um, 
which is a special operations unit uh, overseas. We fall under JSOC, uh, Joint Special Operations Command. So there's about, I think there's like four, there's three battalions that deploy and like, for, for lack of better terms, fight. Um, there's 1st Battalion, 2nd Battalion, 3rd Battalion, then there's a Regimental Headquarters Battalion, then there's a Special Truce Battalion. So, we, you know, you hear the tip of the spear, and I'm not trying to brag or anything like that. I'm just trying to say what it is. You know, we are considered part of that tip of the spear. You know, we go in direct action, counterterrorism, raids. Uh, we have airfield seizure capabilities, meaning, you know, if a place, if we can't get our military into a, a land such as Afghanistan, you know, Rangers will jump in, take over that airfield. Now it's our airfield. Now we could land thousands and thousands of troops. So we're the, we're the first ones in uh, most of the time. And, uh, you know, right now in the GWAT, Global War on Terror, we're, we're just doing a lot of counter, counterterrorism, direct action raids, um, it, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough place to be. It's a tough place to excel. It's a tough place to get to, but it's very much worth it. Um, you know, they call you a three-time volunteer. You volunteer to join the army. You volunteer to go to airborne school. You volunteer to go to, when I went through, it was called RIP, Ranger Indoctrination Program. Now it's Ranger Assessment Selection Program. It's a little different, but it's just a true, a true gut check. Um, don't quit. You know, don't fall out of PT, like, you know, excel. It's it's a place where excellence is de is demanded. If you don't excel, you know, you could get kicked out of Ranger Regiment. It's called release for standard. So you have to uphold the standard. And it's just a, it's just a great place to be, you know. And how do you get into it? Do you have to be selected? Uh, do you um, graduate into it? Yeah, so when I – luckily, you know, our mutual friend, a, a brother of mine, Joe Castellano, you know, I knew about Rangers growing up, this and that, but my dad was, you know, he got out of the Army in 68 after his tour in Vietnam, so he wasn't that current. Joe was Joe was two years older than me. He was two years ahead of me, and, uh, you know, I reached out to him, and I was looking to do it, and when I when you join, there's it's, it's almost like buying a car. It's funny. Um, there's a thing called an Option 40 contract, and that guarantees you a shot at going to – at the time, RIP. So it means you get through, if you get through basic, you get through airborne school, infantry school, then you go to Ranger Indoctrination Program. Now it's RASP. And it doesn't guarantee you're going to go to battalion, but it guarantees you a shot at trying out. So, yeah, so when I, when I joined, I had that option 40 in my contract. And it guaranteed me a chance at going to RIP, which I did go to and, you know, successfully, thank God. And uh, made it to First Ranger Battalion in Savannah, Georgia, and uh, yeah, it's just a big, big gut check. You know, no sleep, little food. Um, you know, they call it like the the like the uh, the slang is getting smoked, like just getting getting beat up the whole time. Like uh, you know, crawling through the mud, crawling through the water, standing at attention, trying not to, you know trying not to fall out, trying not to freeze, run, running miles and miles and miles and carrying, you know, 100-pound logs and just all the crazy stuff you could think of times 10. You know, that's what RIP was. And you learn some ranger tactics and stuff like that, but not much of that because 
every unit's different, every squad, every platoon, every company. So you're going to learn that stuff when you get to your actual unit. But you need to know the basics. So Now in your mind, is, yeah. it, is it weeding out the weak or is it making people strong? You know, that's a tough question. I think I think it's a little bit of both. Because um, I'll tell you, ask any guy that was in Ranger Regiment, you know, day one of RIP or RASP now, day one, you're standing around in formation, nothing has started yet, and the cadre will come out and say, listen, guys, we're going to be nice right now. Who made a mistake and who shouldn't be here? Ten guys quit off the bat. I think I had ten in my class quit. Boom. Like, yeah, you know what? This isn't for me. Didn't even start day one yet, standing in formation. So I believe that's weeding out the weak or, you know, maybe, you know, if you want to be PC, maybe people that have stuff going on or this or that, and maybe their mind isn't into it, but to to excel there, it's like anything. It's like high school football. It's like the weight room. It's like anything else. You have to put your heart and soul into it. There has to be no doubt because, you know, my mindset of getting through RIP was either I'm going to die or I'm going to do this. That's it. I'm not, there's no, there's no not, this isn't going to not happen. I'm either going to die or I'm going to become a ranger. So, and that mindset has, has served me well. Um, and I believe, you know, that was a lot of the guy's mindset. So yeah, it absolutely, absolutely makes you strong as well. You know, because when life throws things at you, you can always think back to, you know, if I could do that, I could do anything kind of mindset. Did high school football help you in any way to prepare for this? I'll tell you what, it absolutely did. Um, absolutely. I, I consider being in first ranger battalion, a member of such a prestigious unit, you know, I'm just a small cog in the wheel. I was, I'm honored to be able to have served there. Um, it's one of my proudest life achievements. Um, but yes, football showed me personally, because I don't know if you remember or if anyone remembers, but, you know, again, I'm not bragging. I'm just trying to bring light to what I was. I think when I finished C football, I was known as one of the, you know, I'm not going to say I was one of the best guys, but I helped contribute to our team. And, you know, when I started, I was horrendous. I didn't know a thing about football. I couldn't get into a stance. I didn't know anything. I didn't even play my freshman year. Um, matter of fact, I barely got in. And, you know, that's easy to say, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. I'm putting all this investment into this. And what am I getting? And it showed to me, it honestly showed to me what hard work and determination and dedication and commitment can do because I went from not knowing anything. I didn't know what first and 10 meant. I really just didn't grow up watching football. You know, um, I didn't know anything and I barely played. And then by my sophomore year, I just, I tried my best to stick with it. I, you know, listen to you guys. We had, you know, world-class coaching in my opinion. And, uh, and then I turned it around and was one of the big contributors to that team's success. And I'm proud of that as well. So, 
getting, showing me what hard work and dedication and motivation and commitment and all that good stuff can do if you put your mind into it and you buy in, it absolutely set the pace for the rest of my life because I knew what I could do, you know. And I, I think when I think about you, first of all, you're extremely humble, especially about your football career because you did transform yourself into a dominant, dominant football player. You played O-line. You played D-line. You know, I stole you from the offense for a little bit because we needed help on that side of the ball. But you really cleared some gigantic holes. We had a lot of very successful running games, but a lot of that had to do with the holes you and that offensive line created. And I'm just thinking about Coach Hench chopping your feet. Whenever I think about you, I always think about your footwork. You were (laughs) relentless in that. And I'm I'm just thinking about the type of person you are. You just seem to be relentless in what you're doing. So when you're talking about your mindset, I'm either going to die or I'm going to get through this. I mean, to me, that's you. If you're summarizing your life in a, you know, one little three-word segment or, you know, three-sentence segment, that that is you to a T. I appreciate that, Coach. So you, you say you, Joe Castellano, he was uh, two years older than you. He played high school football. Yes. To me, he was like, he was a warrior and like a, a 14-year-old when I first met him. <laughs> yes. What was your relationship like with him before you guys were Rangers? So I was close with Matt since, I was close with Matt Castellano, you know, since we were kids, PS32. We were getting in trouble in the schoolyard. And, uh... <laughs> Um, I was closer with Matt through high school. I don't know if I spoke to Joe twice in high school. I might not, I might have, I might not have, um, until, until I joined and reached out for his help. Cause you know, we're all, I hate the cliche, the term, I, I hate it, alpha males or whatever, but you know, you don't know who, you know, Joe was a little intimidating and then everyone you know, you stay in your circle. So I really didn't venture out of that circle to go talk to Joe, who's two years older than me and this and that. But, you know, Joe is a, a, an amazing man. And, you know, the second I reached out to him, he was already in Ranger Battalion at that time. The second I reached out to him, he immediately helped me, um, you know, immediately. So I don't think we got close. You know, we're very close now. Now, now after military, I'm closer with Joe than Matt. You know, I still talk to Matt, though, but me and Joe talk a lot. Um, so you just hit on yeah. something that, that's big, because Joe Castellano is intimidating. I mean, I feel like there were times where I was coaching him, <laughs> and he was 17, and I was like, am I going to tell this kid to drive into the flat, or is he going to throw me on the ground and beat me up, you know? <laughs> but and, and something that I try and teach our guys is that, you know, life rewards the uncomfortable question or conversation. You have Absolutely. to be willing to have it. So what made you reach out to this guy? What you know, gave you the will to talk to him? Well, you know, I when I say intimidating, like look, you know, we all we all we all, you know, banged helmets together and stuff. Um, you know, I wasn't scared of the guy. I just you know, it's <laughs> like you said, it was uncomfortable because again, you're a kid that put yourself back in that in that area, you know, I'm a kid, I'm a sophomore, I'm a I'm a freshman, he's he's varsity guy, this and that. You know, I just didn't have the opportunities to talk to him. I think when it came down to, hey, I'm going to go be a Ranger, so I know you're a Ranger. Can you help me out? Like, the the fact that he just put himself out there, like, you know, all right, this is what you need to tell the recruiter. He wrote up a page for me. This is what you have to make sure. You have to make sure you have the GI Bill. Yeah, I think I just – I was going to do it one way or another. And, you know, I guess from the way I was speaking to him, he knew for a fact, like, all right, this kid's serious. So 
well, let me help them out as best they can. And and that's the thing too. Yeah, someone might be intimidating, but that don't they're gonna help you. You know what I mean? He's one of my best friends now. He came to the hospital when my kid was born, you know, when my kids were born. Like he's he's a good dude. But yeah, I don't know. I just said, Hey, let me reach out to him. I think I probably even probably went to Matt and said, Hey, uh, I need to talk to your brother or whatever and uh and he, like I said, Joe Joe wrote it out for me. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to tell the recruiter, blah, blah, blah. This is how you're going to train. He helped me come up with a training plan for, uh, you know, before I joined. So, yeah, Joe was, Joe was instrumental. Joe was a good friend. Now, did you and Joe, were you guys in Afghanistan together? So we were there at the same time, but uh, the way – the way it works is, you know, the battalion's broken down into four, I, I believe it's three now. I believe they got rid of one line company. But at the time, four line companies, A, B, C, D, and each company has three platoons. And then those platoons go off on their own um, or sometimes stay together. It depends on what that mission set is for that deployment. But we were in different companies. We were in different, like, sections of Ranger Battalion. So... We didn't see each other much overseas. I don't think I saw him overseas, actually. I don't think we were ever together. We were there at the same time doing basically the same stuff, just in in different areas, if that makes sense. Yes, sir, it does. So you, you mentioned that he wrote up some sort of training program for you, and, and people are asking me this question. But before okay. we get to it, they were asking me, how did you physically prepare to become a Ranger? But I have to clear something up because Coach Fortunato yeah. is starting rumors or myths that you were a guy – who woke up 4 a.m. every morning, no snooze button, no alarm clock, nothing. Like, is, is, this, is this a fact or a myth? I mean, <laughs> in reference – what is this in reference to? Where was this? When I was yeah. home? Uh, yeah, before you went, you know, you were training to yourself to get ready to become a ranger. I mean, I, I definitely I, – I don't know about the whole no alarm clock thing, but, you know, I, like I said with Mr. Lorello, we used to do – you know, I, I did uh, high-rise concrete with him. And those are early days. Um, sometimes I would, those are very early days in Manhattan, pouring concrete all day. Um, so, some days I would train before work. Some days I would train after. So, yeah, I could see that. I don't know about the whole uh, the whole no alarm clock thing, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I'm, I'm kind of weird, too, because I don't know how your body works. But if I have to get up for something, it's the strangest thing, because I could set an alarm. And and it's just like I'm always up ten minutes before that alarm for whatever whatever may be that day. I don't know. It's strange. Maybe there is truth to that rumor. Maybe my my brain is just uh you know I took too many shots. Maybe I don't remember this one. <laughs> <laughs> so and before we get into your ranger training, I just remember okay. you had graduated from high school. I'm doing advanced training, and I'm obviously I'm training guys in a deadlift. And all I'm hearing is uh, Dave Wilkie is uh, breaking every single deadlift record in the world. And our meatheads oh, no. want to know. Well, at least for your age at that time, yeah. weight class. But Yeah, yeah. At the time, I do remember that, <laughs> looking up on Google, you know, what the New York or whatever. Um, yeah, no. For, so in high school, I think I had I think I had about a – I think I hit 500 in high school. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I loved it. I just – I loved lifting, you know. We, we, we really had a good culture there. At, at, uh, we had a good lifting culture. Uh, guys were into it. And uh, – you know, I love to lift, and I, I, I definitely probably hit 500 if I had to remember. Um, you know, in my in my in my life, my best deadlift 600, 
they, I got, you know, it's actually a no lift. I got red lighted. I was competing and you know, I wasn't competing for anything big. I was just doing it to compete. Um, you know, minimal training, but I, I did a competition, I believe, uh, two years ago. And, um, I, I did three, three, uh, powerlifting competitions in my life. And I hit 600. They called it on hitching. I had a friend there videoing it. He didn't see it. I, I kind of saw it. So, you know, I've hit that in training. I'll say I deadlifted 600, but, uh, you know, there's guys way beyond that now. Um, way, but are you for in, me, are you in gear? Are you in gear? No, no, just, no. Um, wow. just, just the belt. Um, but, but I'm happy with those lifts that, that meet, I wound up squatting 555. Um, I missed 600 on depth. Um, I wish I could go back cause I think I had it. And <laughs> I benched 335. My, my bench was just lagging. Um, I had 350 and it was another, it was another one. It was one of those strange things where I went down and the spotters just flew it up. I don't know what, I didn't even try to press it back yet. It was strange. And then, and then that deadlift, but, uh, you know, that was after. Yeah. Who's spotting you? Is it your, is it your team or is it just. No, it's, it's just people they get at the meet. Um, whatever. I don't blame them. I don't care. I I do care, but it's like in that moment, you know, things happen. It's like, what am I going to do? Make a, make a scene. And you know, (laughs) it it is what it is. You gotta, I still had, uh, I still had three deadlifts to go after that. So, you know, so I'm going to ask you a very obvious question, but how different is that powerlifting stuff from physically preparing yourself to becoming a ranger? Oh yeah. So much, 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 much. Um, and, you know, growing up in, in football and stuff, we, we ran, you know, we did our sprints, we did our conditioning, stuff like that. Um, we lifted, we did everything, but, but at the time, and I hear, you know, they're going away a little with the, with the fitness tests and this and that, but still running is, is your major base. You have, you have to have endurance and, and none of us like to run. Um, you know, ask Joe Castellano, he hates to run, but when you have to do it, you, you that you had you had to be a good runner. You had to be able to run a five mile in under forty minutes. That's an eight minute pace. That's pretty easy if you're training. Um, and that's the bare minimum. You know, you wanted to beat that. You wanted to be in thirty six, thirty five minutes. So I did a lot of, you know, like I said in in football, we were used to lifting and and this and that. And um, in the army, in, in the initial phases it's a lot of body weight. It's a lot of push-ups. Everything was determined off your PT score. You know, PT test when I was in was two minutes, push-up, two minutes push-ups, two minutes sit-ups. You wanted to get around 80 to 90 each. And then um, a two-mile run, which I believe 13 or under was maxing. You had to get that. And then pull-ups for Rangers. Um, so you just had to get good at all that. You just, you know, I believe in training for specificity. Um, I, you know, I have, I have a lot of training ideas, but f- for certain things, you know, I had to get good at push-ups, sit-ups, running, uh, you know, and I did it in different ways, mile repeats, quarter mile repeats, sprints, you know, long, slow runs, uh, medium runs, every type of run. And then, and then crushing the, the push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, you know, every day, every other day. And, stretching you know all that good stuff but less emphasis on the lifting more emphasis on 
getting proficient at running, you know, getting comfortable with running um, and endurance. And, uh, you know, and then there's other stuff like ruck march, like, you know, putting a, a 50 pound bag on your shoulders and putting boots on and getting comfortable ruck marching. You know, anyone that really wants to go that route needs to do their research and, you know, come up with a plan. Like ruck marching is a thing you never do in life, in civilian life. And then it's the thing you do all the time when you're when you're training or a ranger. And it's it's just a different beast. You know, it's just getting used to hiking with weight, you know. We do like a, a poor man's version of that called uh, the walk pain. So we'll put a sandbag on our back, maybe 80 pounds, maybe 40 pounds, whatever we have. Right. But we do it with sneakers on. I got to ask you a dumb question. Like what – how different is it with boots on? Is it just miserable? Your feet um, get jacked up? It's, it, it depends. Nowadays, the boots are phenomenal. Like the boots they have, and 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 in my time in Ranger Bat, we were getting you know they call it non-standard boots. Um, you know, they, like I said, we're special operations. We get a little uh, more stuff. We get more funding. A little relaxed standard, like grooming standard. Like our hair was a little longer. We had different boots, stuff like that. So um, nowadays, the boots. You got to just find the right boot for your feet. I have big, flat feet. So it's also getting your, your feet used to that. It, you know, preparing your feet is important, you know. Um, in one of my, in one of my, I forget, I forget what it was. I, I don't think it was Rip. Bef- you know, it's going to get confusing now, but there's a thing called Ranger School also that you go to, and there's two, there's two types of patches. Anyone listening that gets confused can just Google the difference between Ranger Regiment and Ranger School. But in order to, you know, Ranger School is the school that's open to basically the infantry and the Army. And it's another, it's a whole nother training thing. And uh, you're doing like basically Vietnam style raids and stuff. And you get your Ranger tab, and then that's a qualification you have. Now, the Ranger Scroll, the Special Operations, that's a unit. So when you're within Ranger Regiment, that that unit, you have to eventually go get your tab to progress to be a leader. It's it's two it's two things. It's I know it's a little confusing, but now to go there, you had to go to what's called Pre Ranger or CERT, Small Unit Ranger Tactics, and it just weeds you out and preps you and sends you then to Ranger School. And CERT was hard. Ranger Pre Ranger was hard, just as hard as Ranger School. So. It's ran by the regiment, and I I remember I'm tying it in. I'm tying it all in. Um, my foot, I had I you know you always hear don't wear new boots to any selection. Don't make sure those boots are are, are broken in um, before you go use them for let's say ranger school. And I wore semi new boots. I'm like I've worn these. They're okay. And my feet didn't react well to them, and like the pad of your foot. Um, like basically was coming off, like it was just worn from all the walking and stuff. And again, this goes back to I'm gonna die or I'm gonna do this. And it was like towards the last day of what we were doing, I was just limping bad. And they're like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And you know, my buddies were helping me kind of run around. So yeah, boots. I would say the biggest thing with rock marching is get do your research on boots. Get a good boot. Break it in. If you don't like it, try another boot. Insoles, you know, the whole nine yards. But that's uh, 
yeah, it's just getting it's just getting used to it is all. It's different, yes. It, to answer your question and to sum it up, it's definitely different um, using boots over sneakers. And you get a little more ankle support and stuff. When you start throwing that weight on, and our, and our gear gets very heavy, you definitely want some support. You don't want to roll an ankle or something like that. And I guess I'd liken a new boot to a new cleat. I mean, we're always telling kids, don't show up to camp in a brand-new pair of cleats. you got to exactly. work in. Exactly. Well, 100%. Exact same. Yep. So what are your thoughts on this new Arm, Army Combat Fitness Test? I, I know we had uh, Pat Brennan on. I, I believe he trains the Army. I, I think it's in North Carolina. I don't know. My mind is messing with my, my head right now. But right. Uh, he, he trains our Army personnel. He likes it because it's it can help with injury prevention and just getting people in different modes of, of real what he would consider real-life tactical movements. What right. are your thoughts on it? I like it. Um, so I'll get – you know, I could, I could go. It's like a, it's like five directions I could go in with the question, but I like it. I never did it. Um, you know, the old PT test, like I said, which was the 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 standard, which was the you know, this is how you stacked up. To, this is how you were evaluated a lot of the time. Um, it was two minutes push ups, two minutes sit ups, two mile run. Um, the new, the new army test, I believe is, you know, they have a deadlift in there. They have some sprints. Um, I like it. I do like it. Um, I think it's a little more realistic, but now to veer off, we, this is something we've always done in Ranger Bat. Um, we, we had our own fitness test. We had as I was getting out, they were starting what's called the RPAT, Ranger Physical Assessment Test, um, which is different than the Army's, but it's similar. So I have it up right now. I never did it, but we have a two-mile run wearing full gear, and then you climb a 20-foot rope in your full gear. Then you're once you, you do that rope, you're dragging a 160-pound litter, which is like a thing to put, you know, it's something you use in combat. It's called a Skedco litter. It's like a, it's like, it's like a thing you put people on to carry them if they're injured. Um, you're carrying a 160-pound litter 50 yards, turning it around, bringing it back 50 yards. After that, you're climbing a 20-foot ladder, um, like one of those movable ones. It's like a rope ladder. Um, at the bottom... 100-yard sprint, 100-yard sprint back, climb over an 8-foot wall, and finish it all running another mile. You know, Ranger Battalion, in my brain, in my, in my mind, in my heart, always sets the standard. So that's our test. That's not the Army test. We always have our own. So we, and we've been doing this. Like, you know, we would take the Army's fitness test and, oh, two miles, we're going to do five. No pull-ups? Oh, we're going to do pull-ups. You know what I mean? But I do like it. I do like that the Army's going to that. I do, to answer your question. What did you weigh? I remember you as an offensive lineman. You were a big dude. What did you yeah. weigh when you were a ranger? How were you climbing 20-foot ropes? Uh, I was – oh, that test I just read, by the way, that was – they were starting that, which, yes, I did all that stuff. But I I didn't have that test when I was in. They were starting that as I was getting out, I remember. Um, but – I, I when I came home from my first deployment, people thought I had you know knock on wood 
you know, they thought I was sick. Um, I was so light. I was 178 when I came home from my first deployment, which is unheard of for me. You know, I'm big now, too. I'm left in and everything. I'm just a big guy. But um, what, like, I, I'd say, I'd high say what'd you uh, in high school, high I, was like, yeah. I was like two. Me and Franti used to compete on who who was heavier and who lifted more and everything. We always competed. And I was like two, I think I was like 260, 270 in high school, 260 maybe. So you lost like a hundred, a hundred pounds you lost. Yeah. <laughs> but, but when that's in the beginning, like that was my first appointment. Then I, I kind of leveled off around like two. I was still one of the bigger guys in bat. I was around 215, 220, 225, you know, in there. But that's the thing with, uh, with Ranger bat is, you know, nobody cares how big, you know, you got guys that look like bodybuilders. You got guys that look like marathon runners. It does. It really doesn't matter as long as you're exceeding the standard or meeting the standard, the Ranger standard, um, you know, so, yeah. When you're actually out there and you're deployed and say you're on a mission, right? where does this jogging come in? Are you guys actually jogging or is it, is it the thought it gives you more endurance for long tracks like walking tracks yeah so no you're not you're not jogging out there um you know we do what's called an offset and so well we could do anything we have lots of capabilities but what became standard overseas was what's called an offset infill so you're at nighttime under night vision with 100 plus pounds of stuff on you um walking up and down elevation. People think of Afghanistan as, you know, I don't know why, but people have this view that it's a, it's a desert. It's like sand, right? No, it's mountains. It's, there's vegetation, there's trees, there's mountains, there's up and down hills, draws, ridges. So it's a lot of endurance when you're carrying that weight and you're moving with a sense of purpose to get and the reason for the offset infill offset uh infiltration you know you're you don't want to sometimes you don't want to land right on top of the compound what that you're 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 conducting your raid or whatever on you know we call that landing on the x sometimes you don't want to do that because you know the enemy whatever they're tipped off maybe is they're gonna they're gonna shoot you know i've been in that situation you know to veer off for a minute i i was in a helicopter that got shot a few times on a from a dishka that's a soviet heavy machine gun um and we almost went down so you know it's real over there so what we would do to mitigate risk is what's called an offset infill and so nobody hears the helicopter you land 6k away and then you walk in as quietly you know we're allowed but we're quieter than hearing a helicopter come up on you and then we do our raid that way so you might be walking five six seven k up and down elevation with all this weight on you. And I'm telling you, it's testing. It's very physically testing. I don't care. A guy could be in premier shape like we were, you know, um, and there it's very hard. So yeah, building that endurance through rucking, through running, through swimming. We did a lot of swimming PT um, through, all, you know, just different stuff. You know, we, we did it all training wise in Ranger Bat. And Dave, I'll tell you from my own minuscule experience, uh, putting that eighty-pound sandbag on my back and doing yeah. the walk of pain, it is brutal. I, yeah. I, yeah. My wife's sore. She's like, "That's not a workout." I'm like, "You don't understand." At a certain point, 
this just weight bearing down on your back. Your core has to support. Your ankles have to stabilize yeah. on an uneven surface. This yeah, is the abs, thing we've ever done. Your abs yeah. will get sore, you know? Right, right. Yeah, no, 100%, you know, that's absolutely, no doubt You're about doing it. it weight, I, I, mine's like a mile with an 80-pound bag. You're talking about much further than that, so, man. Right. So, so how, do you guys, how do you guys stay in good physical condition when you're out? Are you guys training? Are you training oh. while you're at a camp base? Um, yeah, so it depends. Again, mission set, you know, what the operation is. You know, we are very, we have lots of um, capabilities. So, but in that, in that deployment situation, like that um, cycle of how we were deploying, we, we, you know, we would deploy, we would go to a base or, or a FOB and then do our missions from there. And with air to and from or sometimes vehicles but yeah we were living on a base that had gyms you know we we had our own compound on that base like i said we were jsoc so we came you know we had sometimes we had our own compound we had our own gyms and um to to get into a little of the culture when you're overseas even even in garrison even at home rangers when people think of the army working out or training, you know, people automatically think like basic training type, everyone's in a line doing stretches and push-ups. Um in Ranger Bat at home and okay, I'll go I'll go into it on both ways. At home, it was down to the squad level. Um every squad was doing something different for PT. It was just a it was a physical fitness oriented culture, so you didn't have to tell your guys, hey, you guys need to work out. You guys need to keep the standard. We were blowing past that standard. So <laughs> the squad leader would come up with the PT, and depending on, you know, where they wanted their focus, you know, like I said, we were very well-rounded. We swam. We ran. We we did a lot of different things. And um, it wasn't like one guy standing there with 200 people doing a workout. That never was the case. And now overseas, you had no – I don't want to say direction because there was, you know, you, you always had some direction, but there was no squad PT or, or team PT. It was at least where I was and who I was with. It was down to the individual. And that that's the way it should have been because we were all so motivated into it. Everyone wanted to train. So, you know, you got one guy doing one thing, you know, sometimes guys would get together and stuff, but yeah, if we weren't on a mission, yeah, guys would train. You know, and then if you had a really crazy mission, maybe you didn't train that night or that day, or maybe you did, um, or maybe you couldn't. Maybe you were remaining over day and you didn't come back to the base for a few days, and you were really things were going crazy, whatever. But yeah, we had gyms. Guys always train. You know, you'll never see a ranger that doesn't work out. Um, and and like the way it would go is like. You know, we were on reverse scheduling. We were nocturnal. So you'd you'd wake up, it would be nighttime, you'd get a mission, you'd learn about it, whatever, go do it, come back, and then kinda it was your time. So guys would work out or call their call home if they were able, or whatever. There's no cell phones back then, no texting. Maybe you'd like email or something. But uh You said yeah, you're no. nocturnal, you're waking up what time? Uh sundown around there, maybe a little before sundown. I, I lose track of time. You know, you lose track of time over there. You don't know. You're going off. You're not even going off local time. So you you never know what time it is. But you, you wake up just before the sun goes down and uh, start your day. 
So I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about Joe Castellano. I'm thinking about how I could just feel your passion for the Rangers as you're talking about it and the pride. I'm, you're, you're with the best of the best. And I'm, I'm going to compare this from an academic level. I, I go to Sixers by the Sea. I have a 99.8 average. I think I'm the smartest person in the world. I go to Columbia, and I realize I'm a moron, and that everybody <laughs> at this college has a, over a 15, 60 on their SAT, and they took it for fun, and I, now I can't compete with them mentally at all. Right. What, is, what was it like for you? What was the mental part of it like for you? Because you were definitely a superstar at Sixers by the Sea physically as a football player. You get to this level, and now you're with all of these other superstars. How did you push yourself through that? So that's a that's a good question. <laughs> so you, I, I I will say this: when I was a Ranger, I I would like to think that if someone had to say what kind of Ranger was he, dependable. Um, I wasn't the best at PT. I wasn't the best uh, at I, I I held my own. I did, you know, I did what I had to do, but I wasn't like, you know, one of these four minute mile guys that just, you know, could do, you know, you, you get that. You'll get guys that run like a, a five minute mile for fun for like a whole marathon. And it's like, you don't know how they do it, but it, everyone has their, everyone has their pros and their, in their, I don't want to say cons, but like their strengths. And, you know, we, we learn from each other. We draw on each other. We, Oh, he's great at running. I'm not the best runner. Let me go see what, let me, let me go tr- ask him for some training advice. Um, you know, it, it's when you're in that environment, again, excellence is demanded. So either rise to the occasion or, or, you know, put the work in or, or, you're gonna get, you're gonna fail. You're gonna get RFS, release for standard, and that happens. Guys got, guys got kicked out all the time, all the time, for you know he can't run, he can't do the PT test, or he just isn't mature. Like he, you know, he messed this up. He did this unsafe act, or you know whatever. Um, but yeah, you you learn to just. You learn people's strengths, and, and 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 the other thing is everyone everyone there is to, you're together. Yeah, you're you're learning you're learning. You have your group of guys. You come in as a private. You know you're with four or five other privates. You guys are sticking together. You're making it work. You know you're getting. When when I was in, it was rough. You know. Now nowadays, I'm trying to pick my words correctly. <laughs> you. you you're feeding off each other. You know what I mean? You're helping each other. That's the best way I could put it. You know, it, it really is a team. It really is a, a cohesive unit. Um, in training, you're taught never be anywhere without a ranger buddy. You know, you're never alone. You always have someone with you. This is how we operate. We're, we're a team. So let's say one guy's lagging in something, the team's going to help him get there if he has the heart, if he has the the will to do it. You know, you can't do something for someone, but if somebody isn't a good runner and they want to learn how to run, they're going to learn how to run better. You know what I mean? That's just a fact. Let's just do it, if that makes sense. So I, I, I'm trying to link this in my mind of, okay, you, you did that really, really hard. I'll call it boot camp. And right. you go post-military, you're in the FDNY. Were you like, ah, I, I don't want to go to another academy? Or were you like, I'm just going to uh, breathe through this thing physically because I'm ready to go? Um, you know, I mean, 
a little a little bit of both. It was like, oh, here we go again. You know, I was just. <laughs> I was just, you know, I got out a sergeant E5 uh, Ranger team leader, and you know, you kind of taught you, you. You're not messed with much anymore. You're the guy, uh, like, you, you're not like high up, but at that level, I was, I was, you know, I was one of the guys, and uh, you know, you come in and it's like, all right, here we go again, and. I actually fell out of shape a little when I got out. I don't know, just a lot going on, um, whatever. But, you know, you get burnt out, too, for deployments, you know, all these training cycles, this and that. And, you know, that's a little bit of an excuse, but whatever. And But getting, you know, going to the academy was, yeah, it was just another thing. It's like, all right, this is what we're going to do now. So I've done it before. I'll do it again. And... I, I just gotta you cut know. you off for a second because yeah. this is this is why you're awesome. Like you're like ah, I went through four deployments, you know, things that people could never do for a minute of their life. You did multiple times over and over again. You lived through situations that people right. would be uncomfortable with for five seconds, and you said that's an excuse. And that that's why you're awesome because, and that's why you're able <laughs> to do the things that you do. I love you so much, man. Uh, you <laughs> Thank you, you. I love brushed you too. that you brushed that off, but mm-hmm. I, I, right. You, you're taking it as like a daily thing, so I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm no, no. Go back to where you were. No, no, absolutely. No, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, no, the Academy, and I'll tell you what, the Fire Academy, the FDNY, another organization that I'm honored, I'm humbled. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's it's Anyone listening, any kids, if you don't have direction, you don't know what to do, at least take the test. It is amazing. Um, I cannot speak higher for about about the FDNY, about my firehouse. Um, I love the guys. Again, they, it, it's did, almost it, it's almost that ranger it's almost that ranger thing again. You know, it really. Did they is. cut you slack in the academy? Did they say like, okay, man, this guy was an army ranger? Or did they? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, they they knew like no slack though. No, no. Um, you, you're gonna earn it. Everyone's gonna earn it the same way. Um, no slack. <laughs> but uh, no, it was. It was great, um, you know. It's a it's a challenge. I, I guys like us, guys like you know, we love challenges. And uh, like I said, I can't speak higher about about my job, about my guys. I'm in ladder one five nine, engine three hundred nine. I'm in the truck. I'm in ladder one five nine in Brooklyn, and uh, great guys. It, like I said, remember, you know, anyone could, you know, you could learn anything in Ranger. You could learn anything in the firehouse. You got guys that. You you need something done. You need to figure something out. Everyone's got your back. You need a plumber. Someone's a plumber. They could teach you. You need an electrician. Someone could do that. You need this. You need that. Everything. Um, but yeah, back to training. No, it was good. The academy was great. Um, do you think that you are? I know. I'm going to speak for myself for a second. I am addicted to camaraderie. You leave college football, and it's like, how do I ever get this feeling again? Did did you get it back fully with the FDNY? Yeah, you know what? That that's a great that's a great question because I'm a little all over the place. I could talk and talk, but that's a great question. And I'll tell you what, um, to to hit on something serious, um, you know, the 22 a day, everyone hears about the suicides, um, veteran suicide epidemic. I've had, I believe, two friends of mine and the one very close friend. We were team leaders together. Uh, unfortunately, commit suicide. It's a real problem that never really, I don't want to say never because now it does get spoke about, but for a while it didn't get spoke about. And um, 
you know, I think I had four or five from my company since I got out, kill themselves. And uh, it's going from Ranger Bat basically right to the firehouse was huge. It's, yes, you absolutely get that camaraderie back 100%. You know, I go into fires with these guys. The, I trust these guys with my life. These guys have my back, and I try to live up to them. I want to have their back. You know, we have each other's back. Um, you know, we trust these, our lives in each other's hands every day. And I've been in some, you know, some good fires, and uh, I have no doubts. My guys are the best in the world, no doubt. And to get back to my point, um, yeah, the suicide thing is, is big. And I and I tell every vet that I ever meet, I say, look into the fire department. I was like, you're going to love it. Believe me. Because, yeah, it's that camaraderie again. It's that, it's that brotherhood. No doubt about it. You know, you live together, you eat together, you go to fires together, you train together. You know, we have a fantastic, you would love it. We have a fantastic gym in my firehouse that I'm very proud of. We, uh, we train when we're able, before work, after work. Um, it's fantastic. You know, we'll get group workouts going down there. And, and again, you have who's the marathon runner, who's the CrossFit guy, who's the lifter, this and that, and everyone's coming together. It's fantastic. I love my job, and I cannot speak higher of it. Do you have uh, the highest deadlift in the FDMY? Uh, matter of fact, I, 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 there's, there's, a, there's, there's a friend of mine who's pretty strong. I think he's got me beat. He played for more. He's our age. He's my age. And, uh, he's pretty strong. Um, but in my firehouse, yes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, you got everything on my job, but I will say, yes, the camaraderie, um, everything phenomenal, phenomenal. Well, you, you mentioned more. I got to bring this back to high school football because uh, okay. this is where you and I had started off together. Right, right. What team would you consider to be your biggest rivalry in high school? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm of, I listen to Matt's podcast, and, and I, I, I agree with him with the, uh, you know, you want to say Farrell because they're right here, and, you know, you kind of know the guys or whatever. But I, I would say St. Anthony's. They were the best. They had that little ESPN sign or whatever it was, they were ranked in the you know, sports. I don't know. They had some sign. They were like ranked whatever in the nation, and it was like they they you they were the guys to beat, and we and we beat we almost beat them. You know what I mean? So I would say St. Anthony's. Yeah, twice almost it was uh forty nine forty two and yeah. thirty six thirty five. Yes, forty nine forty two. What a game! I tell you, that was the first time I ever felt fully physically drained, like dead. I remember that game vividly, and uh, we left it. Uh, that's one thing, you know. We left it all out there. So on that note, is there a game you wish you can take back? And you know, if so, what would you do differently? To be, I don't know. I, I don't want to say. I, I would say no. I would play them all again. Um, I, I don't think in that moment, in that time, we did everything we could, so I don't think I would do anything differently. I I fully believed in my coaches and my players and my my brothers. Um, I wouldn't do anything differently. We did what we did. You know, the ball bounces whichever way it's going to bounce. But I don't feel bad about my high school career for not having beat them. 
I think we did great. Um, we left it all out there, you know, 1,000%. I'll never forget that, 42-49 St. Anthony's game. I was, the, you know, I was the left tackle, and we were spent. But that was a damn good game, you know. And we were not a legitimate AAA team at that point. Yes. Going in, that team had never lost that at was, home. Yep. That was the, to the test. Absolutely. That made people say, wow, see, what's up with them? I think you know? it was the first drive, and Coach Hench takes a lot of pride in this. You guys are driving down the field offensively, and Coach Riker calls a timeout. And Coach Hench said it was the biggest pride he's ever felt in his life. <laughs> he made this coach among coaches, team amongst teams, they're baffled oh, by what we're doing, call a timeout. Absolutely. The first drive. Absolutely. I remember. So I got, I got to ask you this question, too, because as I'm talking to you and as you're revealing more and more of your character, you have this sense of humility, uh, this sense of pride. You're, you're so humble. You've done so much, but you still want to learn more. Is this right. what it's like to be the son of an Army Ranger? Did, did, that, did your dad influence you to become like this, or is this just the way um, you are? I think I, – I, you know, that's a tough one. Absolutely. No, he absolutely – my father's a martial artist. I don't know if anyone knows. He's like – you know, I trained in that growing up, Shotokan, um, traditional, like TMA, traditional martial arts. And uh, – he definitely wanted the best out of me. Um, but, you know, yeah. No, we have a great, we have a good relationship. Um, he, he, I definitely watched him. Um, if, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's just a challenge thing. I think I just got addicted to like trying and doing like I'm in nursing school now and, and it's just another challenge. It's just something I got to do. I'm using my GI bill. Um, I just want to do it. Um, yeah, no, definitely seeing the things he accomplished absolutely had an impact on me for sure. For sure. You're going to have some uh, biography on your life, man. <laughs> So I love that you've done so much, and now you're going to nursing school, which is not easy at all. My, right. my wife's a nurse, so I my she's a nurse practitioner, so I fully get that you're oh, doing that awesome. and you're working. Right. So, you know, you know, it's funny. It goes back to I I, I sold myself short for years. I thought I was stupid. Um, I was like, no, I could do stuff. I understand stuff, but I can't. Dance. School? No, no way. Uh, you know, I didn't. It's I didn't care. I didn't care. When I was a kid, I didn't care about school. I cared about football. I cared about lifting. Um, you know, I, I never passed a math test in high school. Like, I barely passed that math regents. Me and Matt Castellano took it a few times. And, uh, you know, Miss Ballone was tutoring us. Like, you know, and I sold myself short. And I think it just goes back to just do it. Just care about it. Like, now I care. Now I went to school and I'm doing pretty well. And I'm, you know, I was, I, I took a combo class of uh, physics and organic chemistry, and it was like crazy. I'm like, oh, day one, I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, oh, there's no way. I was like, what did I get myself into? I did good on the prereqs, all the anatomy and physiology and stuff, but kind of memorization, whatever. I'm like, this, I can't do this. And then you just learn away, you know. I made friends with a, a kid. He helped me a lot, well, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But before you know it, you're doing stuff in your head that you couldn't do with a calculator, you know. It's just it's just having that will and having that drive, that determination to say, look, I'm going to do this. That is it. There's no doubt this is happening or I'm going to die trying. So, you know, I think that mindset could just keep you, 
going through life. And yeah, I, I think I learned that in, in high school football and, and in my military time, 100%. This is awesome, man. All right, this is a nice segue in, into these rapid-fire questions. So okay. What is the best advice you ever got in the military? So uh, two things, and I think you'll like this one. Um, the first one is a little uh, – uh, uh, the first one – very close brother of mine, uh, Holiday. He was just the Ranger. Like when I think of Ranger, I think of my buddy Clinton Holiday. Phenomenal, just just phenomenal at everything. Um, and I remember, you know, when I was progressing, about to be a sergeant, a team leader. Um, he, you know, you, you have good and bad leadership everywhere. I'm not going to say we had bad leadership, but you have things you like, things you don't like, whatever. Um, and he always said, you know, he said to me one day, hey, remember the things you like. Remember the things you don't like. Don't turn into a guy that just does it because it was done to me. He's like, be a change, you know, and, and, it, and it, goes to the, it goes to the Gandhi quote, be the change you want to see in the world. Um, you know, that's just life advice. You know, I happen to get it in the military. But, that's you know, awesome. be, be a guy that do what you want Remember what you like, remember what you don't like, remember what works, remember what doesn't work, and then do it. Don't just talk about it, complain about it, do it. Um, but the before other you, Before yeah. you go to the second one, I yeah, just yeah. have having this conversation with a, another coach saying, okay. I've always thought in my life, some of the coaches I had, like, did you ever play football? Were you ever coached? Did you ever go through this stuff? Right. And to, your, to your point, change it, man. Change the yeah. stuff you don't like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Instead of just, just do it. You know what I mean? Um, the other one, this is like, I don't know if this is born in Ranger Battalion, but that's where I learned it. Um, prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. And it's just true. It's just true in life. You know, I had to take the T's entrance exam to get into my nursing program. It's a competitive program at Kingsborough. I didn't just show up. I had, I bought the books. I bought the Kaplan online, uh, test prep. I bought the pre-tests. I bought the other books. I went to the, the lectures that were teaching me about physics, about organic chemistry, about bio, about this, about that, math, stuff I haven't done in 20 years. I was brushing up on prior proper planning. Um, you know, lifting, you're going to go into a competition. Don't just show up. Have, have an idea. Have a game plan. Um, anything, the military, the fire department, you go into the academy, what what are the standards? What do I have to, oh, I have to walk the stair stepper. Okay, then let me let me start training that. You know, p prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance in anything in life. I learned that in Ranger Bat. We were very meticulous with our planning, very detail-oriented. Attention to detail is key in, in to being a successful Ranger. So everything we did was planned, um, was written down, goals, everything. So that was a big one. And I, I try to live my life by that. Um, I have a lot going on right now. So everything's all, you know, I got three kids, wife, house, my job, my, my you know, nursing school, everything. I, you know, I still try to train. I'm not in the best shape I should be in, but I'm getting back to it. I've recently had a reawakening to start, you know, I've never stopped lifting, but you know, I'm, I'm changing my training up now and uh, getting a little more strict with it. So, like I said, that's just the key. Prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. I, I, I think if people remember that one out of everything in this podcast, it could help them. Even this 
podcast, right? You and I were talking about the time, the questions, what's, what yes. should not ask, what can we ask? Yes. No, hundred percent. And I'll tell you what, I even, I went on, uh, <laughs> I went on my computer. I'm not that tech savvy, but I went, you know, and I wrote up a few notes of things I wanted to hit, things I didn't, you know, what I wanted to, uh, you know, talk about, but absolutely, absolutely. So this next question, I don't know, maybe you just gave us the answer to it, but if you could put anything on a billboard on the Staten Island Expressway, what would it say? <laughs> I guess that. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you another thing that was something I learned in the firehouse. You know, I think we were preached to it in, in high school football, in the military. I learned, you know, sometimes the, it's, uh, sometimes you should do the easy Sometimes the hard right over the easy wrong. So do the right thing. You know, you'll hear that in the firehouse. You'll hear that in the FDNY. Do the right thing. Oh, does he do the right thing? You know, do the right thing. And I think that's another one people could live their life by. You know, literally just do the right thing. You know what the right thing is. You know, just do it. The hard you know. right or the easy wrong. Yeah, do the right thing. Love it. I think something easy on a billboard. Do the right thing or, like I said, prior proper planning. I love that one. Um but yeah, something along that line. What apparent failure in your life actually led to success? Uh, that's a that's a good one. So when I first got to Ranger Battalion, the first thing I did, I, uh, anyone listening that was in or whatever knows, uh, it's called EIB, Expert Infantry Badge. And it's stuff I had all done before. Some of it maybe not, but it was stuff I was all capable of doing. And I failed it. And there's an old joke they called everyone in battalion because we're rangers. You know, we know it. We can do this. And I failed it. I was like one of, there's a thousand people in Ranger Battle. I don't know how many hundred took it that year, but I was one of like four that did not pass it. And that's not a good way to start off your ranger career. Um, I failed something very easy that I should have been able to do in my sleep. And it, you know what? It was one of those times where I could say, oh, man, I made a mistake. How did I even get here, et cetera, et cetera, or, you know, fix it. Fix it now. Don't ever let it be an issue again. And I, it ignited me to really perfect what I had to do. So I failed EIB in Ranger Battalion. Matter of fact, Joe Castellano was one of the EIB graders. I'll never forget it. He was great in uh, – what something I forget what um, I didn't fail his lane, but it is what it is. I failed something that I shouldn't have failed, and it pushed me to succeed. And I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing from there. So, and and to, real quick, just with that, you know, I feel like some people in life are scared to say their failures. I don't know. Like I'm embarrassed about that, but I'll say it. I I failed the ID. I you know it is what it is let it push you you know what i mean um that's it that's my failure if you haven't failed you're not trying hard enough all right. great people have failed at a lot of stuff right lot. right there's a quote floating around about that uh was it like the master has failed more than the beginner has ever tried or so, something like that i i don't know it verbatim but well i love what you just said so stick with that one yeah that's a good one what advice do you think your 60-year-old self would give to you? Uh, you know, that's also a tough one. Um, I want to say something like, you know, enjoy the moment, the small moments, this or that. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Um, maybe slow down a little bit. But, 
you know, it's it's impossible to slow down when you have to do things, you know, like I, I do a lot, but I, I still make sure I get to spend that time um, with my kids or whatever. I, I, I don't know. I got to wait till I, I got to wait another 30 something years to figure that one out. <laughs> so what you just said links lovely to this next question. Uh, this is the question I ask everybody selfishly because I continue to want to learn this stuff. Okay. You do a lot. You're a fireman. You're uh, you're going into nursing school. You have children. What what is one life lesson you can give me on how to simplify my life or remove clutter? Right. I'll tell you what. For me, the biggest thing is 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 mental clutter, like being on the phone, being on the computer, being on the internet. Constant. We are constantly connected nowadays. When I study, you know, I have two semesters left in nursing school. Um, I've done, I had to do two semesters of prereqs. I've done two semesters of nursing so far. I took a few summer winter classes. Now I have two more nursing semesters. And the whole time I've learned when I'm stuck, when I'm, when I have to sit down and study something and learn it, I can't even have my phone near me. I have to turn it off. Because it's just the nature of what we are now. We're just always connected. Are you on Instagram, Facebook, this, that, texting, blah, 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 group me. And it's like you're just waiting for that next thing to come in. I actually turn my phone off or I put it on the airplane and I put it in the other room. And it's the only way I could study. And I, I think an hour of studying without your phone equals five hours if you had it. And, uh, you know, and I try to do that, too, with my kids. You know, like I said, I have three kids. I have... Uh, my my big one's going to be four. My little girl's going to my middle one's going to be two next month, and then my my baby is like uh, three months about. And I I don't want to be and we all fall into it. It's it's nothing. It's it's no one's fault. But you know you're on your phone, and then I I snap myself out of it and say, all right, I'm putting the phone away. I'm playing with my kids right now. So that for me is the mental clutter. You know. That is awesome. Uh, yeah. I don't want to give you a hug right now because that, that is some great, great information. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that's my personal because we're just too connected. You know, it's, too, it's good and it's bad. Look, you know, I'm able to share my what what I hope can be helpful. Um, I'm able to share what I can. People are going to hear this. Maybe it'll help them, you know, hopefully, maybe. Um But, you know, and, and that'll happen, who knows, what, in a day, an hour? I don't know. Where years ago that wasn't possible, but we're also, like I said, I'm just we're very connected nowadays. You know, technology is a great tool yeah. and a horrible master. And there are people paid a lot of money to distract you on that phone, right? You, you look up Instagram for one thing, and the next thing you know, it's two hours later. Absolutely. So, or so I, it happens to me. I want to figure something out. I want to look something up, and then all of a sudden I'm like, what was that? What was I doing? What was I doing just now? I don't even know anymore. You know. You're and watching I forget. TV with your wife, and you start looking yeah. at Instagram while you watch TV, and now you're doubly <laughs> ignoring each other. Yes, yes, a, a thousand percent. You know, uh, I love your percent. idea. Get the cell phone out of the room. Maybe out. book book time to use it. I'm gonna give myself this half hour to use it, and that's got it. That is it. Listen, man, this has been absolutely awesome. I'm, I know there's gonna be a lot of people very happy that you came on and shared so much stuff with us today. I'm gonna to make a, an, an offer to you. I know you're the busiest guy on earth, but if you're looking for more camaraderie, please come back and train with us because we are all old, washed-up meatheads trying to 
hold on <laughs> to that feeling. And we're getting it through our outdoor training. So if you're free, I'll talk, talk oh, yeah. to you offline. But the door is open. We'd love to have a guy okay. like that. Okay. I mean, even if it's for, you know, here and there, you know, I, I can't commit. But I would do, you know, I would do occasional appearances. I'll probably get smoked by everyone, whatever. I don't believe it, man. You're, you're the deadlift king. The deadlift king. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. That's a, I appreciate the offer. I'll, let, I'll take you up on it. I'll let you know. And uh, awesome. I appreciate I appreciate you letting me uh, come on here and, and share or whatever. You know, it's it's a little humbling. It's very humbling that anyone would care what I got to say. But you know, if we could help anyone, that's awesome. You know. Listen, you again, you're a humble dude, but you have a an awesome story to tell. People needed to hear it. That's why we brought you to talk to our high school football team. I know you've inspired me in the conversation. I know you're going to inspire a bunch of other people listening to it. So, thank you so much. And uh, I no. will. I appreciate well, it. Really, I do. I, I really do. I'm going to send you that link uh, later on today with our training time so you can join us whenever cool. you are free. Cool. I was going to say, uh, if anyone ever had questions about anything like Ranger, Army, Fire Department, whatever, nursing, I don't care, they could they could reach out to you and, and you could like give my number. I don't care. I, I, I like to help people. If anyone needs help, I'm here. Let's do it. There's a lot of life lessons in this phone call. I'm sorry, in this uh, podcast. Right. Please reach out to me. I'll get you connected with Dave. They started doing it with Matt Castellano. He re- he said if anybody wants to talk about nutrition and getting jacked up, and there's some people already starting yeah. to do that. So let, let's awesome. go, man. Let, let's get the circle uh, tighter and tighter. Awesome. All right, Dave. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Stay connected. All Thank right. you, Bye. Coach. Thank you. Bye.